Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sign Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got UFC 276 to go over. We got UFC Vegas 58 to hit. And then we got some MMA and boxing news, as always. Before we go get into all the action, if you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, it's the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout. For 10% off of all your energy needs at RogueEnergy.com. Phenomenal sponsor of the show, as always, RogueEnergy.com. Code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Last Saturday night from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC 276. Um, you know, I feel pretty comfortable saying it did not live up to the hype on paper. That does not mean there were not some excellent moments uh, on this International Fight Week card. We'll just go ahead and hit the main event. A uh, bit of a downer. I'll, I'll admit, but Israel Adesanya and still the UFC middleweight champion defeats Jared Cannonier via unanimous decision. Scorecards reading 49-46-49-46-50-45. Uh, look, Angel, there's no other way to put it. Uh, this, this, a lot of people hated this fight. Um, I don't think it was as bad as the Obermaro fight, um, but I also think it was not a very great fight either. I mean, it was just Izzy trying to outpoint him, and to, to his credit, it takes two to tango. Jared Cannonier really didn't put a lot forth uh, either. So, I mean, first of all, give me your takeaways on the fight itself, and go ahead and also give me your takeaways on kind of the backlash, because Izzy got a lot of hate following this one, and uh, just kind of your perspective on all that. Hey, man, it go, it, like you said, it goes two ways, right? It's not just him, it's the opponent as well. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a really, obviously, you know, this comment was made on the night. I don't, I think in a way it makes sense, but it doesn't. But you remember someone said, and you had to beat the champ to be the champ. And, it, and I'm not saying in the sense of like, I'm trying to figure out how to word this properly. As the challenger, you have a certain kind of pressure. You need to be the one taking the risk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To an extent, the champ doesn't have to take risk unless, unless stuff is going on to be, so risks have to be made to be taken. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I felt like Jared Cannonier to lack that and lacked a good game plan. I felt like he should have just tried to, you know, do some things that were risky, man, and, and, and really bring it to him. I mean, he really had to crush the space, and he didn't do that. It gave Izzy a lot of room to work with. Finally, though, when he did bring him against the cage and start kind of doing some kind of work there, yeah, he found a little bit of success, but it wasn't the kind of things that he needed to do to, to win the fight necessarily. It was more or less maybe maybe stall the inevitable in a sense, you know, like just he was kind of like, it was more like pausing the fight than anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, I felt like we needed a little bit more out of him, uh, some more more risk. But I get it, man. It's hard to get in on a guy like that, and especially one that has uh, such power and is so quick. I mean, with a number of kicks coming in, and a, and then you know, Izzy doesn't just set up one kick; he sets up four or five kicks that lead into you know six six or seven other combinations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not an easy read for anybody on the feet, and. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, hate, hate's gonna come his way. And I saw some statistics come out of, uh, like, uh, him finishing fights, uh, or being one of the, the lowest percentage finishing fighting 
one of the lowest finishing champs right now. Uh, or whatever it is, something like that. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, the bottom three guys are the three best guys right now in the, in the whole UFC. It was, uh, with the lowest percentage, it was, uh, Volk, Izzy, and Kamaru. And I'm like, there's a reason they're still champ and there's a reason they have the records they do. So. Mm-hmm. You can hit him all you want, but I mean, it's not like his next fight can't be exciting. It's not like his next fight, you know, there can't be someone challenging. And that applies to all of the guys, right? At the end of the day, I think uh, every guy, I mean, this is going to happen, right? There's going to be a fight like this every now and then, and, you know, he has to be safe, man. I mean, he's not going to go out here and take risk against Sherry Cannonier. He can't, he's not that kind of guy, you know what I mean? He can't just do that. Mm, for sure. And I think the, um, the, the biggest thing that I, I want to tell people is uh, it, it does take two to tango. This is something I've never understood. Whenever, you know, Izzy and Romero sucked, um, Izzy got a lot of the brunt of the hate for that. Whenever this fight sucked, Izzy's getting a lot of the brunt of the hate for it. And I understand that a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, well, you shouldn't tra- you know talk trash if you're going to come out and point fight. And to an extent, I think that's true. But at the same time, I, I think uh, I've heard somebody else put it this way. Uh, Izzy's the champ, and Jared Cannonier wants what he has. It's up to him to bring the fight. And I, I do kind of agree with that. As much as, um, you know, Izzy can talk, Izzy's got to sell a fight. That's what he has to do. And you know what matters more to him than, you know, fans being happy about the fight? His paycheck. He earns significantly more if he goes out and wins and he retains his title. Winning is everything. And I know that there are some fighters, some champions who like to take more risks than others. Izzy is way too intelligent of a fighter to go and get into a firefight with one of the hardest hitters at 185 pounds. I, I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. I think he expected Jared to be a lot more aggressive, but Jared, to his credit, he didn't really fight his kind of his, his normal style, I'd say. Uh, normally, he's always coming forward, always throwing a huge shot. This one, he was kind of more technical. He tried to win it on that way, and he also tried to utilize some clinch work, shot for a couple of takedowns. It wasn't his normal... His normal style, which kind of contributed, in my opinion, to how the fight went. Uh, overall, I really don't, I don't care about the hate. I won't lie and say that it was an entertaining fight. I mean, Angel, I, I was watching with you and the boys. I won't, I won't lie. I, I zoned out for most of it. I mean, I, and it wasn't why I really. But it was alright though. Like, if you go back and rewatch this, it, it was alright. It wasn't, it wasn't anything special. You know what I mean? It was good. It was clean. And to, na- to an extent, right? It wasn't like the, the perfect 50-45 or anything like that. You know, it wasn't, uh, uh, was it called Korean Zombie Vogue or anything like that? But, yeah. you know, he did what he had to do and he won it. I don't, I don't think we had to talk a lot about this. I think, yeah. I think things that happen early in the card will lead back to the conversation of Israel Adesanya though. Yeah, correct. So with that, we're going to go ahead and move on from that one because we'll move back to Izzy in a minute. But we do got to hit the Komen event. Uh, you know, it was a tough one to watch, Angel. It actually was, because um, I've been watching this sport for for a while now, and and it's truly one of the first times like I've seen a fighter go from their youth to potentially like seeing their prime pass by. Like it's it's it, kind of a weird feeling. Now I, I think it remains to be seen if his time is truly by, but it was not a new era for blessed. It was not a new blessed era on Saturday mm-hmm. night. So Alexander Volkanovski dominates, he defeats him, uh, swept the scorecards 50-45, 50-45, 50-45, wins via name decision, and just batters him on the feet. Um, it, I saw some people comparing this to, like, Tony Gaethje, and it wasn't nearly that bad of a beatdown. Oh, no. 
Max had some success. You know, he he tried to mix in some takedowns, try to use utilize some clinch work. He started throwing some spinning kicks near the end, which he had some set, success with. I think maybe best case scenario, you can give him one round. You know, that's about it though. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, man, uh, give me your thoughts on this fight. I mean, there's not a whole lot as you could say about it other than just since that fight, a lot of people thought since their second fight. A lot of people thought that Max had actually been the one who had improved more. You know, he had a dominant performance against Comicator. Even against Yair Rodriguez, it was not dominant, but he showed that he has new ways to win. He started utilizing takedowns. You showed his jiu-jitsu, how underrated that part of his game is. Uh-huh. In the end, though, Volk was actually the one who really seemed to improve massively from the second fight. So go ahead and give me your perspective on the co-main event. I mean, I feel like there's a lot. I think there's a lot of questions. I think there's a lot of things going on, but it's hard to think that the, that the era is over. You know what I mean? I think as far I think it could just be a matchup thing. You know what I mean? It could be his De- Tyson Fury to Deontay Wilder, his DC, his John Jones to his DC. You know what I mean? Like, it could be a number of things. Obviously, these are very unique comparisons that are all very different in different sports, right? But it could just be that at the end of the day. And uh, I refuse to believe it's over, man, because there's no way that the guy had that kind of performance against Calvin Cater, and we saw how Calvin Cater's, you know, has performed his last few, you know, his last two fights since re- since his return, and uh, and then yeah, your Rodriguez, obviously, that was an interesting stylistic matchup for him. He had to deal with some stuff in there, had to change some stuff up, but he showed he has that. He's obviously a good fighter. He's capable of adapting and changing. Uh, I think it was more of a, you know, we gotta accept it, man. It's, it's just Volk's greatness. Uh, we talked about this in his last fight with a zombie dude. We were like, he is unable to make mistakes. He is maybe, and it's something I heard, he might be the pound, pound for pound best fighter right now in the UFC. Above Kamar mm. Usman. And I honestly don't see that. I'd, I don't, I'd put I don't, him above Usman. Personally. I mean, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. I probably put it, I mean, I actually agreed with that statement when I heard it. And, uh, he was he was quick, man. You saw that was a big factor. He was quick. He was getting in and out. I don't think it was uh, so much Max, if not Volk, just being able to do whatever he wanted, you know, by his own will. And it wasn't even like I don't even think Max was trying to let him do it or letting it happen. It was just more. It was just happening, and we were witnessing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how we, we you saw those Max Holloway perform. You know, we saw that Calvin Cater performance where he was just on. I think that was the equivalent of that where. This was Volk's night, and I think whoever you put in front of him, he has the same performance. And he's been having them consistently, which is fucking terrifying, because we don't know when it's going to end. And he's looking at greater things right now. But with that, I'm going to kind of bring it back to Max Holloway a bit. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I maybe it could be a weight thing. You know, I think maybe that's the thing, possibly too. Like maybe the weight cutting is just maybe catching up, man. It's just too much. Like it's just not anywhere. Because uh, he's getting a little older. He's not old, you know, by any means, but. He's making 145. He has that frame. And you saw that he really didn't get going how he usually would. You know what I mean? Not even one round. You kind of saw, even in the round, even at the, even the last round like you brought up, he never got to string those longer combinations. He never got anything really rolling in any way. And, gra- and granted, that's credited to Bulk not allowing it to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what direction Max is going to go. If he's going to move up to 155, or he's going to stay, out, or he's going to linger at 145, stick around until maybe Volk decides to go away. Probably not, because he's already he's already hinted at 155. So, and I'm sure he's tired of cutting the weight too. And this is kind of a good way to move on. And he's had his time. He had his range champ. It was fun, and everybody loves him. And he's very good to promote. And he's one of the most like guys in the sport. So. I refuse to believe it's over, man. I, I think we don't know that for a fact yet. I don't think we've. Seen, I don't know. If, I don't know if we know for a fact if Max Holloway has exited his prime yet. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, but it definitely seems like, um, I, I really do think that, uh, Saturday night could have been a turning point for Max. I, re- I really do think so. I really do think so. But, um, Obviously, that remains to be seen. As far as what he's going to do, because we know what Volk's going to do. He said he's going to try and move up from one to five, try and defend both titles, which is interesting. I well, I'm, really... assume, I'm assuming he's going to fight Josh Emmett, and after that he's going to call for the 155 title because obviously it's vacated right now. That's true. That's true. Uh, I think that is probably the smart call. And I also think that he deserves – Josh Emmett, I mean. He deserves a title shot. I, I think it'd be kind of – And it sounds really crazy, Josh, but I think that's an interesting matchup. I think because Josh Emmett hit so hard, he'd probably be the second hardest hitter that Volk has faced. I think from that aspect it's interesting, but I, I don't see a way that he wins. But yeah. I, even that being said, he deserves a title shot. I think. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think he might surprise us. I think I don't. I'm not saying he'll win. I but think uh, you'd be surprised, Angel. I think he's gonna get fucked up. I think you'd be surprised, Josh. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, anyways, though. Just you wait, Josh. As, wait till I see you next time, Josh. <laughs> I wish they wish I wish they let me next door so I can spit in your fucking face, Angel. I really wish. Fucking kill you, uh, Josh. <laughs> Anyways, so the coin <laughs> event it was a uh, it was a rough one to watch. That being said, you know not as rough as the next fight. <laughs> no, not even. Well, I don't know, man. It's it's it was a it was a sustained, sustained beating versus a one round knockout. So uh, you're right, and, but Josh, we, I'm not gonna lie, Josh, we look like fucking idiots after our no. I don't think we're the ones who look dumb after Saturday. <laughs> No, you're not wrong, but we sounded stupid. No, we definitely, um, yeah, definitely. Because that that fight, Sean Strickland, Alex Bahia, we picked Sean pretty confidently because you got a guy who has been a full-time MMA fighter for uh, about two, lost in less than two years, um, doesn't have much wrestling experience. In fact, and we forget because of how it ended, uh, Andreas Matildas, who was his first fight in the UFC, not even in the UFC anymore, uh, newly submitted him and is not a wrestler by trade and took him down at will. Uh, Sean Strickland is a much better wrestler than him and decides to go out there and kickbox with a two-division champion from Glory. So you can guess what happened next. Knockout in the first round. Uh, Alex Bahia, three fights in the UFC career. We've seen him fight for less than 15 Excuse me, less than 30 minutes in the cage, total cage time. You can fight Israel Adesanya next. Give me, fu- give me your thoughts on his win and that fight. Did, did, did Big Papa Dana confirm that? Like, did he 100% say that's happening? Big Papa Dana didn't even bother showing up to the fight. So, But, uh, come on. He, Alex Bahia, they showed him in the crowd during the main event, and they know what they're doing. I mean, I, I just want to know, man. You never know. I, it just feels There's so nobody weird. else. I mean, who else would you give it to? Oh, Josh, I mean... Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori going to fight again, Josh. And one of them's going to have a trilogy. God. Nah, nah, we're getting out of the head. We're getting this trilogy. You're not even wrong. I guess we're still getting a trilogy regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's actually... God. Can't believe this is happening. It's kind of... It's kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> I think so, and I... I but, Angel, did I not call this? Back with the hand. No, outside. no, no. I agreed with you. I was like, I, I was like, you're not even. But even I'm surprised at how fast it. Oh, I'm fast. I'm fast at how. I'm surprised how fast it was going to happen. I didn't think this was going to happen until like next year. That's what I thought too. But I, even at the time, I said three fights. I said he's going to fight two cans and Darren Till. I said he fought a can, Bruno Silva, who is who is actually good, but not even close to the top fifteen. 
and then uh, Sean Strickland. So Dude, I mean, the UFC outsmarted you, Josh. They thought Sean Strickland was a way better matchup than Darren Till. They, and they were right because I saw Luke Rockle talk about it, and, and Luke Rockle was like, he proved how fucking stupid he is. Oh, <laughs> yo, you saw when he was with the fight companion. No, yeah, well, I don't know if it was there, but he, but he was like, you know, they they gave him this fight, hoping that he was going to strike. And he did exactly what they wanted. <laughs> God, they weren't wrong. Hey, man, he came out. I felt for Sean, though. He came out and he was really honest with everybody. He's like, I might not be the best fighter. You know, I might not be the, you know, whatever. He said a bunch of things. And I was just kind of like, you know something, Sean? I appreciate that. I, I like I like how you stay true to yourself. No, uh, yeah. I was so excited, though, Josh, for a, like a Sean Strickland, Israel Adesanya headline pay-per-view. Is it, is it of, because Sean Strickland put a 10-8 on him during the press conference? I just thought, can you imagine Sean Strickland during all that media, dude? Like, it would have been great. Yeah, I uh, think the UFC's probably happy that Sean didn't win. I mean, they're probably happy they didn't have to deal with the PR end of it, but at the same time, it would have been interesting, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, they could have, you know, because they could have sold... Oh, no, I don't think that either. But they could have sold it a certain way, you know? They could have been like... You know, he beat Izzy's, you know, former kid, you know, all, you know, they could have done, there yeah, was some no, stuff they totally, there were. They totally could have sold it, no no doubt. And obviously Sean would have sold it well and Izzy would have sold it well. I'm not going to lose to a guy who jerks off the cards. You know, it was going to be great. I was ready hey, Izzy, for it. why don't you tell me what not to do? <laughs> you know, like, I was ready for it, man. I was ready to embrace it. But, uh, no, they, uh, it's, fuck, man, I don't know when it's going to happen. Later this year, though, which is crazy to think about and. I mean, that's going to be an interesting conversation of what's going to happen during that time because, shit, man, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the betting lines are going to look like, but uh, I'm actually, like, insanely curious. So, so early early odds, um, from what I saw, it could have shifted by now, but from what I saw, I think last I saw, Izzy was, like, a minus 185. Really? So less than a, just a slight favorite. So interesting. Interesting. Sure those are the odds. I'm sure. I'm sure those shift as time goes on. Yeah, and I actually think this fight. I mean, obviously, it remains to be seen. I really do think that it kind of benefits Izzy. I just think this is way too soon for Alex. Yeah. Because as much as people like to talk about how kickboxing, like these, you know, oh, Izzy's only a kickboxer. Izzy is a kickboxer by trade, but you know, I think he, he has good. He has good Muay Thai. He's good in the clinch. He. He yeah, he, he has a lot. He's way more adapted to the cage, so on and so forth. Yeah, I was about to say, and even that, and then something no one ever talks about, Josh, is the round difference. That is a big difference. In kickboxing, what is it, two, three minutes? Uh, three minutes. Three, three minutes, minutes. And, and how many rounds? Uh, five rounds. Yeah, 15 minutes. And uh, is that championship? Is that a... That's belt? championship even, yeah. Wow, and you see fucking five rounds, you know, five minutes... Yeah, like it's it's a change, and I mean, shit, he has gas before, dude. Like you've seen him. Like I don't know if he ever gone back, but he, I know he slowed down a bit in some fights, and maybe that could play a factor. He slowed and, down uh, a little bit in the Bruno Silva fight, but it didn't really matter. Yeah, it didn't really matter, but you know, and, and five rounds, and you know, with five minutes, it could be a difference. And even Izzy has some jujitsu, and but Bahia, you know, he's been working on it too with Glover. I mean, maybe he could sneak one. I don't think that's going to necessarily happen. I don't think but, it's going to happen, but but it's there. You know, the fact that it's there, it's a different look. You know what I mean? It, Shit, you know? Why don't you just throw it out there for a look? Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, it's not even necessarily like that's going to be your game plan, but Izzy's just that kind of guy who's going to be like, you know something? This guy thinks I'm going to kickbox. I'm going to come out here and take this motherfucker. You know, I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah. But but I wouldn't be surprised if he just did that to fuck with him. Like, he does one round. Like, you know what I mean? 
he he's uh, one of those guys who's uh, he wants you to read into shit for sure. So and I know we're kind of previewing it, but I mean the matchup isn't officially made, but we're kind of talking, you know, we're kind of theorizing a little bit of theory crafting here out of us, but. I mean, Josh, it's it's gonna be. I mean, what do you think? What do you think they do that? I think that's actually a good question too. Where? Gonna, yeah. Oh, somewhere in the U.S. They do it somewhere in the U.S. They don't think they'll yeah, do it. Yeah, because the, the UFC. I mean, they haven't gone to Brazil since. Uh, they're not even t- attending. Brazil's not even on their internal schedule list either. I mean, I suppose they could put it on there, but you know, I don't think it'll happen. Because mm-hmm. the UFC, whenever they, whenever this is kind of like a secret for you guys out there, the UFC, whenever they, whenever they plan where they're going for pay per views, that shit is done typically year. Like they do that shit yearly where they're going to plot for pay per views. Five nights, they typically go ahead and scatter them. You know what I mean? They'll figure it out mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, four months before the, oh, you know, we'll go to London. You know, normally whenever they go out of the country, that shit is way pre-planned because it takes a lot. It's a, it's a lot to ask like you know, twenty four, twenty six fighters to get their visas and shit in order. Not even so, just that, dude. The crew. Exactly, the crew, they have to figure that out. So I don't think that that's going to happen this year. So I'm assuming it's going to be the U.S. It could be that Abu Dhabi pay-per-view, but I don't necessarily think so. You know, uh, what we're talking about it, that I keep asking you about it. What are they going to do on that Abu Dhabi pay-per-view? Like, I'm, I'm a, it has to be big, right? Like, I keep They wanted Makachev versus uh, Charlie Olives, but Charlie Olives is like, you know what, dude, I fought, you know, I fought Gaethje in his home state. I fought, like, I fought in everywhere. I just want to fight in Brazil once. Because I want to have the title, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to have the title in Brazil. So he doesn't want to fight there. Yeah. But, or neutral territory. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, no, that Abu Dhabi card, I mean, shit, I, I don't know who's going to headline that. Like, they haven't announced it. They, they, don't have, they don't have any. I mean, it's so far out, but it's like, I know it's like one of their last Abu Dhabi, like, because you don't remember they made that contract way back when they were going to have... I don't know how many events there, and I know they have like one or this one or two left, and this is one of them. Uh, from my understanding, they signed like a pretty lengthy deal to have a yearly uh, pay per view in Abu Dhabi, but I don't know. How really, long I thought, it, I thought it was only like eight at the time, or did they renew it and extend it? Uh, let me see, because uh, I know they went ahead and did that deal back whenever they did Fight Island, which because Abu yeah. Dhabi agreed agree to pay for it, you know. Um, Shout them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can't I can't find how long the the deal was. But they do apparently have some sort of lengthy deal to actually keep on like doing pay-per-views in Abu Dhabi. So, I I guess we'll see what happens. Okay. But yeah, cuz I don't know. I I think that that fight, that fight they should do it in Brazil. Fuck it. Is he's never fought in Brazil, has he? I don't think so. Ah, fuck. I don't oh, know. it's a five. It's a five-year partnership. This is the third event of a five-year partnership. So there we go. Oh, okay. Well, there so we go. got a couple more years of this shit, Angel. <laughs> I know, right? We're been, we've been there since the start, though, Josh. We have been, and you know what? If they do it like the way they did last time, you can just come and chill at my house, like they did like, for the last pay-per-view. I know, uh, right? UFC 267, which is arguably the greatest fucking card of the year. So, um. Anyways, man, yeah, so I think it's time to move on from that one. At least when it comes to my quick take on the Bahia-Izzy fight, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting fight, but I don't know, man. I feel like it's too soon. I, I don't necessarily like the, the kind of way they went ahead and Who, built Who's fight. behind uh, fucking Bahia uh, at this point? Like, they need, they need to – I mean, Chris Curtis, if he wins, I think he's setting himself up for success whenever he fights. 
Which he's I'm getting close. I think is Jack Hermanson's. Actually, well, shit. I don't want to get into that news. Cause well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll rally back on that. But we'll I mean, rally you know, back. But you know what I mean. As far as guys, <laughs> though, like who's close outside of like maybe a guy like Chris Curtis, and Andrikas just broke into the rankings. Yeah, he's a far. Uh, Nasruddin Mimavov, if you get a couple wins, he could be there. He just got an Andre Muniz is working his way up, but even then, you know, he needs a couple wins. But there's there's three four guys who are coming up though, and some of those guys and some of those guys are gonna have to fight and push each other out of the way. And then at the mm. same time, some of those guys are gonna get stopped by some of the guys that are already ranked right there. I mean, shit, Marvin Vittori is only 28, bro, which is fucking, and Robert Whitaker's only 31, bro. They're gonna be around for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think it's probably time to move on past that fight. Uh, up next on the main card was a welterweight absolute war between Brian Barber and Robbie Lawler. Um, you know, on one hand, I was happy to see Brian get the win. He did get the win. TKO. It was, it was bittersweet. Two. Just say it. It was bittersweet. It was very bittersweet. Because Brian Barbarena, it was kind of a passing of a torch moment to a degree. Brian Barbarena's not going to be a welterweight champion anytime soon, but he's a guy that comes to bang every single time. I mean, his last, his last, like, he's had like five fight of the nights in his last seven fights or something. Like, just insane. And, uh, Robbie looked so good in round one. Even round two, like, he was looking good and then he got caught. Them's the breaks when you're 40, man. So give me go and give me your thoughts on that one. It was fun, man. It was fun while it lasted. You saw me. I was hyping up Robbie Long. I was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, like, I was on that. <laughs> he was, he was slipping him like he was fucking prime Roy Jones, man. Dude, he fucking had that head movement like he was Pernell Whitaker. Like, I, there was like a <laughs> fucking like 10 shot combination, man. None of them landed. I'm like, dude, none of those are hitting. None of those are hitting. It was sick. I loved it. But then once they hit, that was a different story. Yeah. You can only, hey man, you'll get, if you throw them out there so many times, one will eventually hit, right? Like, that was the thing. And Brian Burner threw enough out there where one eventually hit and he got hurt. And dude, he was, he was out of it for a minute, dude, because I was like, oh fuck, oh fuck, he's out, he's still out, he's still out, and he was in, he was, he was trying to, yeah, move. he was, he was in, and he never went out, and, but he, but you, but he was, yeah. he was, uh, what's the word for it? He was he, gone. He was, uh, he was compromised. Yeah, he was compromised. He was compromised, and you could tell for a while he was just like, fuck, man, I need to come back, I need to get in here, and he was throwing, man, he was still swinging, but, I mean, you can only take so much, and at forty years old, man. God, I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do after this. Maybe I mean, if hey man, he's done everything. Like, what else do you want to do, man? You've gotten your time. Everybody loves you. Mm-hmm. You can walk away comfortably, but you know, he's a man. Who am I to question his decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I think at this point in Robbie's career, he can put on some fun fights, but um, you know, I that was just a tough one, man. I mean, that was an incredible fight. That was an incredible fight, but. Still, it was still really tough to see because I believe that drops Robbie to like what one win in his last six fights, I think, something yeah. like that. It, it's been rough, man. And that one win was a win over Nick Diaz. So, and then the fucking the amount of hits, bro. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> taking a lot of damage. Um, I don't know, man. I think that he still has a place in this sport because I mean, he looked so good in round one until he got caught. So I don't necessarily think we should push his retirement because Brian's. Brian's right outside the top of the team. He's, he's a very skilled guy in his own right. I don't th- I don't want to take this as like yeah. not like he went out there and got murked by some garbage dude. But I think they need to do what they did with Jim Miller with him, like find like fun, interesting matchups, and then maybe the occasional young guy who isn't like a world beater, but could give him a good look, you know, and give good a good fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, they probably do that. Either, either go ahead and give them some veterans or give them some young guys that are not too risky. So that's just that's just my opinion. But anyways, man, probably time to move on. Um, opening up the main card, not a lot to say about this one. Uh, Pedro Munoz, Sean O'Malley ends in a no contest. Uh, Pedro got hit with a dick kick, got the free – Sean got the free one in in round number one. Round two got another free one in. I poked him. Um, and them's the breaks. That's the end of the fight. Not a lot to say about this one. Uh, Sean said he was dominating this one, and I <laughs> it out. He was yeah. losing on the scorecards, in case you guys are curious, but it wasn't like this wasn't fight essentially had nothing happen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, give me your take on this one. There's not a whole lot to really say here. I'm just going to say this one real quickly. I don't want to see this rebooked. I have it no was, interest in seeing this again. It, it was a fucking disappointment. Let's just be honest. I mean, yeah, it was no, a terrible fight. You never want to see a fight end like that, and it also wasn't a very good fight in the first round, and the second round was kind of picking up, but... You know, who the fuck knows what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows what could have happened. I think, I thought, you know, round one was close. I thought round two, Sean was getting the better of him, but it wasn't by a wide margin. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not by a wide margin. I thought Munoz won round one, round two, Sean was coming on, but it's not like it fucking matters now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter whatsoever. And I, I'm, I'm going to be clear. I do not want to see this one rebooked. This who do you want, who, who do you want to see him fight? Uh, Sean or Pedro? Are you asking for both? Uh, for Sean. For Sean, man, let me take a quick look at the rankings because this fight sucked, man. I really don't want to see this one again. Um, okay, who is Dom Cruz fighting next? Cheeto. Cheeto. If you name uh, I know all the matchups. Just tell me. I think I want. I want to see Sean fight either Frankie Edgar or the winner of Cheeto versus Cruz. Or the loser, just somebody, one of those three. How about that? Because Frankie's not doing anything right now, but I think that'd be a really good fight to see what Frankie has left and he'd see if he can go ahead and also test Sean's grappling, which we haven't really seen. I know a lot of people are probably going to hate that because they think that, you know. Sean's uh, slick on the mat, though. He is slick on the mat, but I'm talking about, like, wrestling is different than just pure, like, jiu-jitsu competitions. So. That's, no, no, that's true, too. I'm just saying, you know, he's slick on the mat, so maybe he could do something there. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, anyways, man, I think the I think those fights make sense. Either Dom Cruz, the Cheeto rematch, or Frankie Edgar. But yeah, I have no interest in seeing the Pedro fight again, and it's unfortunate because I feel bad. And and the thing is, like, man, if you think that Pedro Munoz wanted out of that fight, man, I understand it did not look bad. The, the eye poke didn't look that bad, but you can't really judge just oh how it looked. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's extremely stupid. This this guy fought killers, dude. I mean, you look at you look at his resume. Rob Font, Jimmy Rivera, Rafael Sunsau, John Dodson, Garbrandt, Aljamain Sterling, Frankie Edgar, Jimmy, Jimmy Rivera twice, excuse me, Jose Aldo, Dom Cruz. I mean, he fought the who's who. If you think he wanted out of that fight, which was, like, super close, you're like, I don't even know. But Fucking insane. Yeah, so that was just, I don't know, man. That was a rough one. But um, as far as the prelims go, man, I think we, I think we probably just go one down, man. Jalen Turner. You and I kind of thought it was a bit of a weird matchup because Jalen Turner, he's has a, he's like a solid win streak going, but it's not like anything that blows your hair back, especially looking at the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, he's facing Brad Riddell, and Brad Riddell's just like this is, a, this is a kid who's like coming off an insane fight with Rafael Vaziv, ranked high, not ranked high, but he was ranked you know 14 or whatever. Dude, Jalen Turner needs 45 seconds to beat him with a guillotine choke. This kid is 27. And God damn, is he only, he's only getting better. He's a, he's a scary problem for God. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say he's a scary guy in this division. So go ahead and give me your take on it. Good for him, man. Like I told you, it threw me off. Like I, like I told you at the time, 
if you looked at the record at face value without looking at how the record actually went, I'm like, eh, it's not a bad record, but you wouldn't think, oh shit, this guy's on a little run. You know, you thought he had like two wins, maybe a lot. You know what I mean? But no, all the wins are in a row. All the, loss, the losses are old. Yeah. And uh, he's very young. He has he has a very high ceiling from what we see. He's very big. He's six three, uh, massive frame. He comes out of that Carlson Crazy gym in Riverside, so we already know he, he's got some good uh, good work on the mat. And uh, he looks, he has some power in the hands. He looks to be pretty strong. I mean, I'm curious to see where he goes from here, man. I hope he continues to grow. I mean, he just turned 27 this year, uh, which is, I mean, that's a scary thought for anybody. And uh, fuck, man, that's just another that's another killer at 155, man. Which is just like it's just it's just a pool of sharks, bro. It's a pool of fucking sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a pool of sharks. And dude, this Jalen uh, Turner. I mean, you brought up how young he is, dude. Those losses were like a long time ago, and he was twenty. Shit, he got in the UFC twenty eighteen. That was four years ago. He was twenty three years old when he got in the UFC. Yeah. So a lot of those old losses. That's just somebody to be like, you know, you guys see his fight with Matt Favola, you know, like this guy, this kid is not very great. It's like, dude, he was like twenty four, like twenty three, twenty four. Wasn't he fighting at a different weight class too at the time? Wasn't he fighting? Uh, at a- that was like his. That, I think that might have been his first fight down at lightweight. He had just moved down from welterweight, but. Essentially, yeah, but um, yeah, man, I, I think if you like, you can't count that shit. He's so, he was so young then, and he's still getting better. Some people are being like, oh, you know, he's a weight bully. He's the you guys ever hear that term, which is the weirdest thing to me because everybody weight, everybody weight bullies, dude. Yeah, that's what weight cutting is. So, and even then, like he put showed him all, showed himself on the scale. He's like six three. I think he weighed one seventy five. Not even that's like, not that crazy. That's not the biggest one we've seen, man. Not even close. Some guys at lightweight get as high as like 190. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Um, but anyways, man. I mean, it, moving moving one down, we we had um two retirements on this card. One of them coming in this fight right here. Jim Miller defeats Donald Cerrone via submission guillotine choke in round two. Uh, I actually thought Cowboy looked a lot better on this one. Than he had in recent fights, he actually had a good, he had a good body kick going. He was being active, but then in round two, he went down after a kick. He just looked like he slipped and got caught in a guillotine choke when he tried to get up. Uh, that was his second loss in a row and his, I believe, sixth loss in his last seven fights, and he decided to call it quits. The Cowboy decided to ride off into the sunset. And he apparently said that he knew this was coming for a long time. So, Angel, it, more than just the fight, man, because the fight was what it was. Not a lot to take away from it, in my opinion. Too, it, it was an old dude fight, you know. Um, but you want to give me your favorite Cowboy Cerrone moment and just kind of your thoughts on his entire career as a whole? He's one of those guys that you just – it's hard not to like him. You know, I, it took me a while to appreciate him. But, dude, he, I, I was uh, – I wasn't – that run, man, when he was getting – when he was stringing those little – those wins together, dude, Mike Perry, Alexander Hernandez, Ally Quinta, I was with him for that, dude. I picked him to win those fights. And uh, and I was coming off those Darren Till, Robbie Lalo, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards losses at the time. He struck them together. They gave him some tough fights, and they didn't go his way, but I, I had a lot of confidence in him. I thought he could do some stuff, and – Shit, man. I mean, it happens at, at at that age. What what can you expect? I mean, at the end of his career, he fought fucking killers, dude. I don't think uh, you can get. I mean, Josh, these were four fights in a row that Cowboy received at one point. Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor, Anthony Pettis. Name a guy who's fought four guys in a row like that in the UFC. Not many who are in championship caliber status. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah. that is a that is a murderer's row. And uh, and before that, dude, Ali Quinta, Alexander Hernandez, Mike Perry, all guys that are fucking dangerous in their own right. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And you can and you keep going back, and they're all still killers. You know what I mean? It doesn't end. Uh, there's a lot of moments, man. I'd say uh, I'll always love the McNugget. You know, <laughs> to go right ahead, McNugget, tell him, you know, <laughs> honor. Uh, yeah. And then one of you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a YouTube video. I'm not I'm not giving them credit you know i'm not promoting them they're not sponsored but you know cowboy humbles alexander hernandez oh that's a good one yeah it's it's one of the greatest things out there man yeah that's a really good one um yeah man i mean it's almost impossible to pick like favorite cowboy serrani moment because there's just so many of them and uh you know, he he was the epitome. Like, a lot of guys say they'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. Cowboy Cerrone is maybe one of, like, a few fighters who actually means that. There was not a single... It didn't matter if it was going up and fighting Darren Till in London when he... Or, you know, fighting a prime RDA. Or going up and fighting Robbie Lawler right after he lost the title. He was bouncing between weight classes for a long time. His, and he had some incredible runs, dude. I, I think there were multiple times when he got close to winning the title. I think he had that um, – people forget just how close he was, man. I mean, he had that super close fight back in the day against Jamie Varner uh, where that's for the WEC title, which is, he just came up short. There's another one. I believe his uh, first fight with Benson Henderson for the EWC title, which was also super close. He may have never won a title in the but he got – very, very close, man, and he was excellent. I think you can make a case for being a top 10 lightweight of all time. People bring up, like, oh, he couldn't beat the top level of competition. I don't agree with that. I mean, he beat a lot of guys who were champions or former champions. You know, he, he beat the who's who. I, I never understood that take. I mean, he has, holds a win currently over Charles Oliveira. You know what I mean? So, and Benson uh, Henderson. Benson Henderson's another one. Eddie Alvarez is another. So, it's just a lot of guys, man. I mean, prime cowboy from, like, 20... I'd probably say, like, 2013, 2014, up until, like, 2017, that motherfucker could not lose. It was just, he was just murky. I mean, obviously, he lost to RDA during that stretch. He got caught in, the, in that uh, title fight. I remember that was, like, a USA on Fox card. Outside of that, man, he was unstoppable. I think he, like, he was just, he was unreal. So, yeah, man, congrats on an amazing career. On the opposite side of things, I should go ahead and give some props to Jim Miller. Officially, the UFC's uh, win leader now. So you love to see him, man. He got a new contract, and he's—I think he's gonna. Angel, I told you for a while now, he's gonna make it UFC 300. Well, I think they just guaranteed it. I think they spoke to him, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll get you on that." Yeah, they guaranteed. They said if he's still on the on the roster, they'll give it to him. So, um, yeah, man, I, I you really do love to see it. Just he's a veteran of the game who's still competitive now. And I remember back in the day whenever he got um oh man what what disease does he have? Is it Lyme disease? It's like, uh, like I might, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, that's a common yeah Lyme disease. Um, he has Lyme disease. I remember there was a conversation that like, you know, that's he, ended he careers, was, dude. That's yeah, he was thinking about retiring, and that was back in like 2016, I think. And then like he just kept on winning, and he just stayed around, you know. Um, so shout out Jim Miller, dude, a pure vet. Just love to see it. Still winning fights. He's on three fight winning streak now. So that's crazy. 38 years young. The OG, Jim Miller. So, 
Uh, yeah, man, I think there's a couple uh, other fights to go ahead and go over. I think I highlighted the ones I really want to talk about. So what are the fights do you want to talk about? I, I need to highlight the banger that I'm opinion. Drikas versus Brad Tavares, dude. Fucking fun fight. Smart fight by Drikas? I don't know. But I like watching Drikas. So I don't give a fuck. Uh, he's a fun dude, dude. I don't know how good he's going to be. He's very big, and I think he relies a lot on his power and just landing big shots. I don't know how that's going to work at him for this weight class. There's a lot of guys who have who are good on the feet, pretty pretty you know manageable on the ground. And uh, 185 is that one weight class where like I think I think 185 is one of the few weight classes where everybody kind of has power. You know what I mean? Or where everybody starts having like really pretty good power. You know, like if you if you throw the shot, you you know you, there's no pillow hands in 185. You know what I mean? I can't think of yeah. anybody who's like touch touch in 185. Like I think all those guys can you know crack you if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I'm just, honestly, as much as I like the Robbie fight, I'm a little bit surprised that one did not win fight of the night, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was a banger. And Shadow Drikas, man. And round one, it wasn't looking good for him, man. No, it, that was, I was like, damn, okay. Well, there, there goes my hype train. Yeah, it was looking a little bit rough. Uh, but you know what, dude? Championship spirit. He rallied back. And he uh he got the win uh, because I remember he he kind of got dropped near the end of round one so I, I was really really impressed with his his composure and his ability to bounce back but um yeah man, man. No shout surprise. out to him getting the win you know another guy I was impressed with uh, Ian Gary um, I know that some people and admittedly I was hyped for him when he first got in the UFC and he had a couple of man performances by far the best performance of his career at this point um, Gabriel Green. I mean, he's not a champion or anything, but he's a pretty damn good guy, you know? And he just dominated. And he looked really, really good. So uh, that was that was a sweet performance by Ian Gary. Um, Andre Muniz defeating Uriah Hall. Solid win for Andre. I wish he would have gotten a finish. Uh, or at least, you know, done a little bit more to cement it, but I get it, you know? Um also, Macy Barber defeating uh, Jessica I. Jessica I decided to retire after the fight. Any thoughts on that one, Angel? I mean, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, uh, but good for her. You know, I, I it, it's nice to to see her decide, hey, shit's not going my way. Time to move on. I know she has some other ways that she can uh, support herself financially, which is great for her. And uh, nothing wrong with that. Do your thing. And uh, I saw she gave some love to Macy afterwards, man. I always love that. You know, Macy's so young. I mean, she's literally a fucking, in, in the eyes of her, a fucking kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, she was seeing her fight while she was training and was literally a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Macy's like our age. That's She's yeah. not much older than us, you know? So yeah. she looked up to her at, um, at some point or at least watched her and was like, damn, this chick is cool. You know, I want to be up there. And she fathered and got to, you know, she got the win. And good for Macy because... You know, like, Macy had had a, a few, you know, weird fights in there, some Ed performances, a questionable win. And it was nice to see her get a, a, a win over someone who's, uh, who's a name like Jessica. Obviously sad for Jessica, but good for Macy. It was kind of a, in a slight way, kind of the passing of the torch, and, you know, not necessarily, but it was kind of like, do your thing, kid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think Jessica I got a, a bit clowned on too much for her career. I really do think so. I mean, she was – was she a champion? No. But, dude, her staying power in the UFC, she's been in the UFC since, like, women first got in the UFC, dude. 
Like she was, she was there the entire time. She had some solid wins. I remember back a couple of years ago when she went ahead and blew up Leslie Smith's eye. That was crazy. Not eye, excuse me, uh, her ear. You know, when it exploded or whatever, that was crazy. Um, you know, I when she got her title shot against Shevchenko, I thought that was that was honestly well deserved. I thought she had a good run. Um, she had her moments, man. She really, really did. So, congrats to her. I thought it was a good career. And, uh, yeah, that was obviously a really, really fun fight. Hey, if there's a way for just a guy to go out, it, it was that fight with Macy Barber, just them fucking throwing hands, going huge in the clinch, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's kind of her thing anyway. So, yeah, man. Um, shouted her on a phenomenal career. Uh, and then opening up the card, Julia Silodranko, man. Big fan of her. Wasted no time getting it done. Submission round one, Jessica Rose Clark. So shout out yeah. to her. <laughs> Going to likely stay in the UFC with that one. So, yeah. All right, yeah. So shout out Julius Delarico for getting an excellent win. But I think it's time to move on to this Saturday night, UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. UC Vegas 58, a lightweight banger between Rafael and Rafael. Rafael Dos Anjos, number seven UC lightweight rankings, taking on Rafael Fazeev. You ranked number 10 in the lightweight rankings. Both these guys looking to break into title contention. Uh, RDA always moved back down to lightweight in 2020 since then he's picked up wins over Paul Felder and Hanada Moicano. Fazeev on the other hand riding a excellent five fight winning streak where he has looked dominant. So go ahead and give me your take on this lightweight banger. It's a fun fight, man. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are kind of writing off RDA. I'm not sure why. I feel like uh, you kind of look at his last few performances at 155, and yeah, sure, Paul Felder on late notice, as late as you could fucking be, but hey, man, he did his thing. Now to Moicano, a fucking clinic. Before that, Kevin Lee, granted, though, that Kevin Lee fight was at 170, but Kevin Lee, one former 155-er. Uh, look, before his departure from 155, he was doing good at 155. I think he's gonna do good. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if this is a surprise to Josh. I'm actually gonna go with RDA. Mm. I think RDA is gonna be Fazeev. I don't think that's a bad take, honestly. I really don't think it's a bad take. I think that uh, Fazeev's never fought five rounds. I think that um, you know RDA. I think he's he has more ways to win. I think most people forget how good his wrestling is. Um, if you forget how good his wrestling is, go rewatch that fight with Colby Covington, where he has a lot more success than. You know, people remember, took him down multiple times. I think he has more ways to win. He's fought five rounds more recently. I'm also going to take RDA. I think RDA right now, he's a guy that I don't think people are going to truly appreciate until he's gone. He's 37, but he still looks great. He beat the shit out of Anana Moicano last time out, and I understand he took that fight on short notice. But, you know, um, I just think that he's looking very, very good right now. He's looking very, very good right now. And Hapel Vazif, I think he's good, but I don't know, man. I've just never been as big of a believer, probably because of that Bobby Green fight, where Bobby Green did really, really well, much yeah. better than he probably should have. He's still um, really unproven to an extent. You know I yeah, mean? he's never fought like a top-level guy. I mean, I guess Brad Riddell, but even then Brad Riddell's, you know, having issues himself right now. So Yeah, he was a lingering guy. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and take RDA to go ahead and pull off the upset win here. Um, but anyways, man, uh, moving on to the co-main event. Interesting, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, this is an interesting card. Um, but even more interesting is the way that they structured uh, the card. Um, the co-main event, 
Kyle Barallo taking on Armand, Armen, excuse me. Petrosian? Is that how you pronounce that? Petrosian? Petrosian? Yeah, we'll go Petrosian. Uh, both these guys interesting prospects at 185 pounds. Uh, both only have one loss on their records. Armand coming off a solid win, I'd say, over Gregory Rodriguez back in February. Kyle Barallo, though, I'd say he's the more hyped guy. Uh, he's coming off a win in, um, April. So go ahead and give me your take on this interesting co-main event. I, I believe they're both contender series guys. I do remember seeing yeah. some of their fights. At the time, I was really excited for Petrosian. I mean, obviously a little smaller record, good stand-up. Barilo kind of comes from, no no fucking surprise, you know, jiu-jitsu background, strong, you know, good ground game. Uh, trying to improve on his stand-up, but uh, I'm sure that he's gotten better with, over time with that as uh, I don't know, man. This one, this one really throws me off. I, as far as UFC, you know, we probably could have done some better research, but I didn't think this was actually the co-main. I thought it was actually Saeed versus Douglas Silva de Andrade, and it was just a mistake on Google. Yeah. Uh, you know, just for sake of picking someone, I'm gonna pick Barrelio. I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah. Pick. Same. Yeah, this is a really. I don't know why the hell this is the co-main event. Uh, because there's so many other fights that, like. They could have put Cynthia Calvillo and Nina Nunes at come in. That would have made a lot more sense. Uh, Michael Johnson, Jamie Malarkey. Saeed is a clear one, you know. Um, Zahabi versus Ricky Tercios even makes more sense than this. But, anyway, I mean, anyways, yeah, I'll take Kyle Burrell. I think he has potential. Um, he's younger, coming off a solid win. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go and take him to the Coleman event. But as far as the rest of the card goes, man, uh, go ahead and give me your fights that you're most looking forward to. Oh, man. Well, for starters, Saeed Mohamedov, Douglas Silva de Andrade. <laughs> Douglas de Silva Andrade, for my money, uh, this year was my leading guy for fight of the year in this fight against Sir, his comeback win against Sergey Morozov. Uh, you know, uh, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know how good he's gonna do against Saeed. It, I, it might not go very well, but he's a fun guy. He's a fighter, dude, obviously. He's a tough dude. He 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 has a lot of ways to win. He has a lot of different things he could do. I think he could give a good look to Saeed. If anything, I think he'll present a good challenge. Uh, I know we're not picking, but you know you can kind of see the way I'm kind of going. Uh, so I'm pretty excited for this fight. I think he'll be interested. Uh, Saeed, uh, you know, he's already lost in the UFC, so it's not impossible for him to lose again. Obviously, he's not a untouchable as we can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm very shocked that's not the coming of it. But yeah, that's an honestly a great fight. Saeed, not untouchable. Uh, but also, Douglas de Andrade is very, very good. I remember back when he first came in the UFC, he was, he was the hyped guy up until he fought Pierre Jan. Like, he, mm-hmm. um, he was super hyped until he fought him. But yeah, and even that he's coming off two solid wins in a row, especially that Sergei Morozov fight, which was a banger. An absolutely crazy war. So yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for that one. Um, also on the main card, I'm glad to see Chase Sherman's getting another shot. I, I am. Even though he's lost. The fucking you know. disrespect, though, Josh. Cut from the UFC, brought back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but hey, yo, he was willing to fight that monster on a couple of, a couple of days' notice. So you got to give him credit. Right. Um, Cynthia Calvillo, it, she's going to be back. Taking on Nina Nunes, they both need a win very badly. <laughs> very, very badly. Um, Nina Nunes, this is going to be her first flyweight fight, I believe. Um, she's lost two in a row. Calvillo's lost three in a row. Um, winner here really, like, they, they really gotta have a win. So we'll see what happens there. Um, 
Opening up the main card is honestly a banger between Jamie Malarkey and Michael Johnson. MJ went out there, got a solid win last time out. He knocked out Alan Patrick in, in a fight that he really needed to win, and he did it in excellent fashion. Jamie Malarkey's not a guy that's going to blow your hair back. He's 27 years young. Um, he has scored a couple of wins in the UFC, especially over Kama Worthy, Devontae Smith, which are both knockouts. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, he, he's had, he has some solid scraps on, uh, scouts on his resume. Um, I mentioned earlier on the prelims, Alman Zahabi taking on Ricky Tercios. That, neither one of those guys are ranked, but that is a banger. So be sure to watch the prelims for that one. Uh, and kind of the, the last couple fights I want to highlight, Anton, Anthony Vichachenko, Courtney Casey, this should be a solid one. And then also, our boy Treshawn Gore is back against Cody Brundage. I like that fight a lot. That's a good matchup right there. For sure, for sure. Is there any of the fights that I may have missed? Oh, dude, what do you mean? You you highlighted uh, our our boy, Kansas City very own, David Onama, back. Oh. Back, officially signed, had a good performance against Gabriel Benitez last time out. Taking on Garrett Armfield, I believe you have seen Newcomer, I'm not mistaken, yeah. Uh, coming out of FAC, which makes sense that uh, I guess these guys are going to be fighting because uh, pretty sure he's fun. Yeah, because that's that's the the independence promotion. So yeah, so there's a little bit of uh, maybe maybe they had planned a fight before, or maybe there's some lingering uh, some bad blood there. Who knows? I'm not sure, but uh, kind of interesting. They went with a guy from a promotion that David you know fought in so much and had just come up in, and uh, a guy that uh you know he, he's a work in progress, man. He's not there yet. He he's he's having a little rough stint here. My guy, Kennedy Njijuwuku, man, the African savage himself, uh, two fight skid, man, I, I hope he can get out of it, cause I'm a fan of this guy, I love his story, uh, taking on Carl Roberson, good, I'd say a good fight, obviously Carl Roberson coming off of three losses in a row, uh, kinda doing the, the weight change, uh, last time out against Khalil Roundtree, and now he's gonna take on Kennedy Njijuwuku, so, I mean, this is kind of a big five ram make or break here. He loses this, that's four in a row. And, uh, for Kennedy, obviously he wants to get back on the winning, uh, winning path, especially after having, uh, two back to back, uh, losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a great fight there. And I can't believe I forgot to highlight our boy David Onama. So I feel bad about that. But, uh, yeah, man, that Carl Roberson fight, Kennedy and Juku should be a lot of fun. Uh, overall, this is a solid card, man. This is a solid card. It's also one of their last cards. That they're doing in the Apex, at least seemingly. Obviously, we have, can't look into the future, but this is the only Apex card this month, I believe. So, wow. a little bit surprising. But that's wild. Uh, it looks like, yeah, it looks like they're going to go ahead and start taking uh, finance out on the road. So, but um, anyways, man, yeah, I like this card a lot. But time to move on to some MMA and boxing news, Angel. Are you ready? We I got am. some stuff. Yeah. Um, UFC London is actually going down two weeks from now. It's going to be uh, Saturday, July 23rd in the O2. In the Coleman event, it's supposed to be Darren Till taking on Jack Hermanson. In the end, Darren Till ends up having to pull out. And Chris Curtis, who has won three fights in a row in the UFC, is stepping in on short notice. Is this a great replacement? Uh, to, to me, I think you cannot do better as far as like replacements go than this fight. I, I like this fight maybe even more than the original, honestly. I'm on the same boat as you, man. It's nice. I, t- I remember I told you last year, I was like, Chris Curtis needs to get on a fucking roll because he's on a small time frame. And he's doing it, man. He is, the excitement is being done properly. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I like this fight a lot, man. And Chris Curtis, I hate the fact that he's not ranked, but hey, 
this this skyrockets and if he wins. I mean, there he gets he, to be the co-main. He, he gets to be the co-main, and if he wins, he he moves from not ranked to inside the top ten. So I mean, it's it's more than ideal for him. I mean, there's not a better way for him, especially for a guy like Jack Manson, completely different fighter, completely different. And it helps a lot too that Chris Curtis has done nothing, nothing but drill takedown defense for the past few months. So uh, he's coming in well prepared, man. So I could not be happier for him to get us opportunity and to have the chance to break into the top 15. So love to see it. Um, yeah, man. And then as far as moving, moving on to another piece of news, <sighs> Angel, you ready? It's uh, Tommy Fury has become Tommy Fumbles for the second time in the last six months. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> It, it's not his fault. I mean, let's be clear. There is oh, nothing, no, no, no. We know that. There's no, uh, Yeah, but there still is a lot of people saying, like, why didn't he go to the embassy, like, as if, like, you can clear up being connected to, like, a monster by going to a fucking embassy. Like, I feel like I, more I, I heard it wasn't all that funny enough. Okay. Which year it was? I just heard that it wasn't all that. Like, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't disclosed why they weren't doing it. Like, uh, like, there was more to it outside of just that, apparently. I don't know. Uh, well, it, either way, apparently what it has to do with is him being connected to Daniel Kinnan. And if that's the case, which it most likely is, there's zero way this can get cleared off. <laughs> Especially as soon as, as soon as like a month out, you know what I mean? Um, so Tommy's not ducking. That's that's not what's happening at all. So I, I don't want that to be the narrative. But regardless... He is, though. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> regardless, Jake is still going to be fighting on August 6th. Coming in on roughly a month's notice is Haseem Rockman Jr., uh, son of former heavyweight champion Haseem Rockman. He's mostly known for having those two fights at Lennox Lewis back in the day, where one of them was a huge upset, knocked out Lennox. Um, and, you know, his son's been a boxer for a while now. He had over, I believe, over 100 amateur fights. I could be off, but he did have a lot of amateur fights. 12-1 pro record. He's coming off a knockout loss to, funnily enough, Tommy Morrison's son earlier this year. Uh, but the big the big thing is that he's a heavyweight. This kid's never fought below 224 pounds, I believe. Um, he's a big boy, 6'3", uh, much bigger. The, the big thing is here is that these two have trained together. There's a bit of a storyline there. Hasim helped him before the Nate Robinson fight. Um, so, yeah, man, there's a bit of a story there. So, Angel, go ahead and give me your take on this fight. I went ahead and said it on Twitter that as far as matchups go, this is – a lot more challenging than Tommy Fury fight. I'll get into that in a minute, but go ahead and give me your take on this one. That's what I've been seeing too, man. I saw a lot of people who were giving a lot of props to Jake. They're like, definally. You know what I mean? Everybody's giving him props. Everybody's more excited about this matchup than the Tommy matchup by a long shot. And I think people are going to be like, oh shit, you know, they're going to kind of be taken back here, uh, regardless of the guys coming off a knockout loss or not. Uh, They'll be like, this is a respectable opponent. This is a formidable opponent for any guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and uh, there's, you know, I, I you got to believe for some reason, I mean, they're taking a risky fight, right? And a guy with a lot of experience who's obviously trained with them, knows his holes, knows his mistake, has spent a lot of time, has a lot of reps. I'm assuming Jake's team or, you know, his coaches must see something where they're like, we could take this guy on. Mm. You were, you would imagine, right? Because this is a, this is a big step up from fucking Tyron Woodley, Nate Robinson, Deji, and Ben Askren, Ben yeah. Askren, Anderson Gibb to this guy who's 
you know, had an amateur, you know, fought in the AMs, came up as a kid, probably been doing, you know, watched his dad do the thing, has done it as a professional, done it 16 times, going to be going in for his 17th bout officially as a pro. I mean, Jake is risking a lot here, man, for himself. Mm. Yeah. But you got to respect it. Yeah. You got you, to you respect it. Because, I mean, I gave him props for the Tommy Fury step up. And it's interesting because I, this is kind of like a fight where it's like, you can argue whether it's like more or less difficult than the Tommy fight, but I feel like he's leapfrogging though, dude. To an extent, because I think Tom. Here's the thing. So stylistically, this is a fight that if Jake were a better boxer, I'd say he'd win easy. Just because, like, I've I've, I've watched a Team Rockman fight before. I went back and watched film yesterday just to make sure I remember correctly. He's not very fast. He has his hands low. He kind of has like a Roy Jones style where he leaves his hands at his waist. The difference is he's not really fast enough to kind of do that, and he has a relatively bad gas tank, and he's also taking this fight at a month's notice. So if Jake were a lot better, I'd totally pick him. difference is, though, is that he's not a lot better. He's uh, he's five fights into his career, and his team is a lot bigger than him. The fact that he's going to have to cut a lot of weight, though, is kind of a big hang-up. But, and he's a legitimate yeah, pro. He is a legitimate pro. He's a guy that had hopes of, you know, I don't know about fighting for a title, but there was definitely hope there. I mean, he still, has, he still has hope. I mean, it's only one loss, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting fight. I do think it is extremely compelling to me, arguably more compelling than the Tommy Fury fight. I think this will sell less than the Tommy Fury fight, but I think he'll earn more praise if he wins. From the, assume, from the from the the purist. Yeah, because there's already people making excuses like, oh, you know, him and Haseem trained before, which they did. They did train before, but that was, you know, two years ago. And yeah. a lot could change in two years, man. So For both of them. I mean, they've, they've had a lot happen in their lives. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what happens. I think uh, – what was I going to get with here? I think at the end of the day, man – there's just a lot to risk. That's really all it is, and it's it's time. I, well, okay, I, I know what I was going to say. If he wins this, Josh, there's no more joking around. Mm-hmm. I think we could kind of say that confidently. I think the YouTube boxing, I mean, if he wins this, he moves away from YouTube boxing. Like a fish. Um, with the way. exception of the KSA fight. With the exception. It's, yeah, but even then, because, though. Yeah, but come on. There's no way that would not get made if, if KSI beats Alex and then. Yeah, well, then I don't even, I don't, I don't even know, dude. I don't even know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't know what's going to go on in that realm because, you know, that's the zone. This is another thing. You know what I mean? And now we're getting, to, like I said, Josh, now we're that real boxy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a whole another story, too, because, uh, that's going to be a whole situation in and of itself. And, uh, I mean, in my opinion, Josh, if he does win this, like I'm telling you, I think he's kind of outgrowing, and he's kind of already done it, is outgrowing YouTube boxing. Or celebrity yeah, I mean, boxing extent, as a whole. Sure. To an extent, but you know what I mean, though, like. If, if he beats him, he's a, he's a legit boxer. He, shit gets real. That's what I'm there's, saying. There's like, no more quantifiers you can put on it. That's what I'm saying. There's no more jokes. There's, there's, the, the, you know, the, the, the fun and games are done after this, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, it, just as far as I mean, who are you, I, I gotta ask this: Who are you leaning towards? That's what's funny. Your early impressions. The fight literally just got announced today. What do you think? Look, I'm leaning towards the pro. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think you're an idiot if you don't pick the pro. But for the sake of me being funny, Josh, I want, I kind of want to see him win, Josh, because for some reason, I love the anger. I love seeing these people get mad. I know you do. 
I, I, I love the meme, you know what I mean? And I've been for it. And, uh, and look, I, I was one of those Jake Paul people that I, I was never on the Jake Paul, you know, train. I never liked Jake Paul. But dude, I gotta admit, man, I, I like the shit that he does. I like the fact that he gets people shooken up and he makes them feel some type of way. Mm. I like that. And I like that he's shaking up the, the space, this realm, you know what I mean? Mm. No, for sure, and to a degree, I, I like it too, just because I think it's I think it's interesting that um, and it's funny to me. No, it is, it is pretty funny, and I like seeing people get upset about it. I think it is honestly pretty fucking funny. Um, but I mean, I I don't really care one way or the other who wins. If that makes sense, like if I just wanted to be entertained, I just want to be entertained. How about that? Um. I mean, I don't know. I kind of don't want it to end. That's what kind of went Jake to win. I don't think. I think if Jake loses, he. I, I don't think he'll quit. I don't think he'll just, quit just because there's so many. This is this is the weird in between fight, right? Because I think he's taking this fight because he wants to earn the respect from people, but he's going to make by far the least amount of money. But also, he needs to take this step in order to keep people interested. Because if he what? doesn't take this step, like he's going to have to fight. Like who would he fight from an MMA? He'd wash fight some wash MMA guy. Like he is. <laughs> Finally. That's what's next. That's what I'm saying. Like he needs to keep people intrigued for the Nate Diaz fight. Uh huh. Uh huh. And if he goes out there and beats this guy, shit, you got people intrigued. Or even if he doesn't win, people are still going to watch it because it's a Nate fight. Like, whoa, whoa, oh, well, what would? Would, would you be surprised if he knocked him out? If he knocked out this kid? Uh, shit. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. I think it would just depend on how it goes, you know? Because his team, his team has a lot of factors in in his in his favor, but also. Like I said, stylistically, is a fight that Jake should win. I mean, just stylistically, but if Jake, was, if Jake but yet. you said it like if Jake was a better boxer. If but he was, yeah, if he's if is he at that stage yet to where he's supposed to win these stylistic fights? I don't know. You know what I mean? Fine. We Fine. also haven't Fine. seen a fight in like seven months, and for a guy that young, seven months is a long time to improve. And he's been proactive though. He's been proactive and he's been doing his thing. Exactly. So I think a lot of it depends on you know. It is Hasim the real deal? I, for me, I think it's more important if Hasim's the real deal more than Jake. Because if, if Hasim's taking his training seriously, he's had I, a lot of. I, I want to believe so, dude, because he grew up in that. You know, he he comes from that. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, his dad was heavyweight champ, and his dad's actually a, a form, like a, a really well known trainer too. I believe his dad trained against Michael Hunter. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, I, I refuse to believe that there isn't something there. Like, if I'm like you know, obviously we're not doing predictions. Not yet, no. Not yet, but if you had to go away, you have to go with the pro. You know what I mean? It only makes sense. You know, if you're telling me this guy had all these amateur bouts, this is this guy's background. You know, his dad's a trainer. He's training this guy who's, who's on, you know, doing well. You know, he's only had one loss and it was recent, and it was to a guy who's fucking good in it himself and also had a dad who's a pro and, you know, has these accolades and all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense, you know, and he's, and he's fought all these rounds and he, you know, he's been under the bright lights. I mean, I don't know. There, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of factors, right? Obviously, we're not there yet. We're, we're what, a month away? Uh, roughly. Fights going down August sixth. Yeah, we're a month away. Almost exactly, exactly a month to the day, right? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, ah, fuck, man, it's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be a crazy. Crazy card, crazy night. I mean, we're definitely fuck, man. I hope we're together for that, Josh. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I, 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 I probably will be. 
I'll need there. some emotional support during that because I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. I know I'll probably be there. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it is an extremely interesting fight. I'll put it like that. I think people are already setting up excuses. They're like, oh, you know, Hasim and Jake trained before. You know, he's gonna take a fall. I'm like, dude. I knew that. I they, knew that was gonna be a thing. They trained like two fucking years ago, and especially guys, especially if he gets knocked out, dude. People are gonna be like, dude, he gave him the signal, dude. You saw it in the corner. And, and by the way, one quick thing for a lot of MMA fans, like MMA, there's like there there are boxing gyms, you know what I mean? But like on on average, boxers tend to like switch camps a lot more often than MMA guys. They're way more willing to go help out. Boxes. We just watched Tyson Fury and Dillian White fight. They train together. You know what I mean? Like, guys train together all the fucking time. Like, yeah, it's not a huge deal. Canelo and Gennady. Deals, huh? Canelo and Gennady, they train together. Yeah, they train yeah. together. Uh, it's just, it's pretty normal for guys to switch. I mean, we see all the big guys, like, switch. AJ just uh, switch camps, you know what I mean? Like, it's relatively Again? normal for that. <laughs> well, he switched from Rob McCracken to, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember his new coach's name. But, yeah, he just switched camps, too. So, yeah. Um, it's pretty normal. So I, I really that uh, the they, them training together really does not matter too much. Although I do find it interesting. I guess Jake gave some comments like ESPN because this fight got announced literally. I mean, I know it's been happening for like a day or two, but this fight just got announced right now. Um, and I guess he gets some comments like ESPN. He's like, yeah, our my my manager told me not to take this fight. A manager Ronald told me not to take this fight. Logan told me not to take this fight, but I want to take this fight. So yeah, I mean, especially on a month's notice, it's it's it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely an interesting call by him because I really thought once once the the Tommy Fury fight got pulled, I thought, well, shit. I mean, who are we gonna get? You know, I didn't figure we'd get anybody good. You know, um, but I don't know, man. We're 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 gonna find out August sixth, MSG Angel. We'll see. What dare happens. to be great. Dare to be great. This is a dare to be great moment, so we'll see. Um, okay. I just saw Amanda Serrano's here, and uh, next point for those who kept asking for a rebox, if you fucking go, a legit heavyweight with a great record, 12-1, and with over 100 amateur fights. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, definitely an interesting call by him, but we'll see what happens on August 6th. Uh, press conference next Tuesday, I think, so get your pop. We'll be there. We'll be yeah, there. we'll alone. be there. Uh, <laughs> anyways, man, last bit of news is a bit of a comedy, bit of a comedy, honestly. But uh, regardless, Daniel Cormier and Habib Nurmagomedov, and I believe Cub Swanson and Duho Choi were inducted into the Hall of Fame last Friday night, and it was is honestly great to see. Um, as you guys don't know, actually, Duho Choi, Cub Swanson is probably my favorite fight of all time. I think I may have said that on the show before, but seeing them get that recognition, uh, especially two guys who would normally wouldn't make it to the Hall of Fame anyway. I honestly, I love to see it. Um, be making it not a big surprise, but DC made some headlines because there's a lot of people who are getting their getting all their you know getting real <laughs> upset about it, getting real angry because DC admitted after five years that he finally he grabbed the towel and he apologized to Rumble Johnson and it was really kind of funny. But there were some people who decided to get on Twitter and be really upset about it for some reason. Angel, I'll ask this is the most plain terms that I can. Do you give a fuck? I don't. <laughs> Angel, I don't give a fuck either. I don't give a I fuck. I mean, either. like I told you in the previous, like I told you in the green room, it's not like he hadn't said it like a million times before that he did. And also, we have eyes, so right, right. I don't, I don't give a shit at all. But there were some people who were getting really upset about it, and part of it is because they were being like, "Oh, you know, we just saw Charlie Olives get stripped of the title," and I'm, and 
those are also completely different circumstances. Here's a fun fact because you guys are curious. Um, dude, like, it was not on the rule books in New York for you to not grab a towel. That was completely allowed. So there's, I don't understand why people are still pissed off about it. Like, it was quite literally allowed for him to grab the towel. They, they put, they changed the rules afterwards, but whenever DC grabbed that towel, grabbed that towel, completely legal. So, whatever. Right. But there were some people like MMA journalists and a couple other ones being like, should, should this be a laughing matter? And I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> weight, weight cutting is bullshit and you're, I, I don't care, like, if you're getting, like, mad. If you're not like, cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, and also, like, we all agree that weight cutting is bullshit, but then some people are like, but is it, is it fair that DC grabbed the towel? I'm like, no, it's not fair, but who gives a shit? I don't give a shit. Like, it is what it is, you know? I bet um, your rumble weighed more than DC that night anyways. It was probably close, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, so. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I, I honestly don't care. How much, did he, how much did he weigh when he got on the scale originally? You ever remember? Two, I think it was 206.2. Oh, my God. That's fucking nothing. <laughs> Let me actually see if I'm right about that, because if... I think I have, like, sports autism or something to where I can remember the most <laughs> ridiculous, yeah. the most ridiculous shit. Um, I'm, I, you're a sports savant, Josh. I mean. Oh, my God, dude. I got to, like, do something in my life. He weighed 206.2. I got it exactly on the nose. You'll love to see it. Jesus Christ. I can't, I can't, I can't, I couldn't learn fucking anything about math to save my life back in the day. But guess what? Or French. Exact, or French. I took four years of French, but I couldn't remember a fucking thing. I mean, I was, I was getting busy in that class, though. I wasn't learning any French, though. But yeah. Oh, I, my I, guy. <laughs> anyway, so I, I couldn't remember any of the French. Guess what, though? I can remember exactly what Daniel Cormier weighed on a day back in May in 2017. <laughs> You'd love to see it. Anyways, though, uh, Aiden, you got anything else to say on this or anything else uh, to talk about before we uh, move on? No, I think we covered everything. It was a fun show, man. Uh, it's always fun to recap a pay review, and uh, obviously it's a little uh, disrespect to fighters, but a little weaker card. I mean, there's a lot of fun guys, a lot of guys that I love. I think for the casual, maybe not the most exciting card, but for me, there's a lot of guys I like on there, and uh, I'm excited for it, anyways. And uh, I mean, shit, next week, Josh, we got uh, some Mexican on Mexican violence, my guy. Ryan we Ortega do. Versus, Ryan Ortega versus uh, Yeah, you're Rodriguez. Shout out, Cuzzo. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm sure you guys you guys are absolutely related. I'm, I'm 100% sure of it. All Ortegas, oh, they're all related, you know? Don't you see how good-looking I am? And don't you see how good-looking he is? I mean, clearly it comes from my side of the family. Oh, dude, for sure, for sure, honestly. I mean, he looks like he, he looks like a scrub compared to you, bro. Do you um, think he could have he got Tracy Cortez without, you know, be, being related? Without to your genetics? Exactly. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, anyways, man, um... Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I thought this was a pretty fun one. Uh, I'm at Josh Owen on Twitter. He's at Andrew Jacob underscore 01. I'm uh, at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show on Twitter. Uh, and RogueEnergy.com, code SOUNDOFF, and check out for 10% of all energy needs. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouth clear.